0: Today's episode covers a very mysterious disappearance of a young woman after her car was found at an abandoned farmhouse. This is the story, Brianna Maitland. Brianna Malin was born on October 8, 1986 in Burlington, Vermont. She grew up on a farm near the Canadian border in East Franklin, Vermont, with an older brother and her parents, Bruce and Kelly. As a teenager, she was trained extensively in jiu-jitsu. Kind of seems like a random fact, but it's going to come into play later, I promise. Growing up, Brianna had a good home life. There was nothing out of the ordinary going on. She got along great with her parents. But when she turned 17, she wanted more independence. So she moved out of the house and moved in with a group of friends. Now these living arrangements, they turned out to be a little unstable for Brianna. She moved around, bouncing from one friend's house to another, and she ended up dropping out of school and moved in with another friend named Jillian Stout in Sheldon, Vermont. She started working two jobs and then began going back to school to get her GED. Around the end of February, or beginning of March of 2004, Brianna was at a party when there was an altercation with another female, Keely. What started the fight really isn't clear, but it was believed that it was over a guy at the party. Some people from the party said that Brianna refused to fight, but Keely began punching her anyways. Even with her extensive martial arts training, Brianna didn't fight back, and she just got away from her. So it seems like in the middle of all this, Brianna is trying to be a bigger person here. But during the fight, Brianna did suffer a broken nose and a concussion. Later on, she would go to file criminal charges against Keely. On Friday morning, March 19, 2004, Brianna took the exam to receive her GED. After finishing the test, she had lunch with her mom to celebrate. Her mom remembered her as being in good spirits during lunch and even discussed plans about going to college. After lunch, Brianna and her mom went shopping. While they were standing in a checkout line in one of the stores, something outside caught Brianna's attention. She told her mom that she would be back soon, and then she walked out of the store. Her mom wasn't sure what Brianna saw, whether it was a person she knew or if it was just something outside across the street that caught her attention. But after Kelly finished her purchase, she met Brianna back in the parking lot. But Brianna was definitely acting different. She was shaken up and she seemed agitated. She told her mom that she just needed to go home and get ready for work that night. Now, Kelly, she didn't ask Brianna what happened, what she saw, or who she saw. She wanted to give Brianna her privacy. Now hindsight is always 2020. While Kelly didn't do anything wrong, that is something that she wished she would have done differently. Because when Kelly dropped Brianna off at her house that afternoon, that was the last time that she ever saw her daughter. As Brianna got ready for work that evening at the Black Lantern Inn, which is a restaurant and hotel, she wrote a note for her roommate Jillian that said she was leaving but she would be back later that night. Brianna then got into her 1985 Oldsmobile and left for work. Around 11.20pm Brianna clocked out of work. Her coworkers were going to hang out that night, but Brianna told them that she couldn't go. She had to work at her second job in the morning and she wanted to get some sleep. So she got in her vehicle and she left. About a mile from the Black Lantern Inn was an old abandoned farmhouse. It was known locally as the Old Dutch Burn House. Between 11.30 and 12.30 that night, a man drove past the abandoned house and he saw a car parked next to it with the headlights on. He didn't see anyone in or around the car. A second guy drove by sometime around midnight. And he also saw the car next to the house. He remembered that the turn signal was flashing on the car. Around four in the morning, a former boyfriend of Brianna was on his way home after a night out partying across the border in Canada. When he passed the Dutch burn house, he thought that he saw a car that looked familiar, but it was dark and he didn't get too good of a look at it. Later in the morning, after the sun came up, some motors were passing by they thought that a car there seemed pretty odd so they stopped and they took a picture of it but they didn't see anyone around the car or the house later that afternoon the vermont state police received a call to the old dutch house about a suspicious car when the trooper arrived on scene they found that the oldsmobile was backed into the house causing part of the wall of the house to break in a piece of plywood that had previously been covering a window to the house was now laying across the trunk of the car. Inside the car, on the front seat, were two paychecks with Brianna's name on them. Outside the car was loose coins, a water bottle, and a cigarette that hadn't been lit yet. The trooper assumed that the car was abandoned by a drunk driver, and he had the car towed to a local garage. Now, here's where things start getting a little bit confusing. It was the perfect storm of bad timing. No one noticed that Brianna was missing for several days. Remember, she lived with Jillian. Before she went to work that night, she left Jillian a note. Jillian came home that Friday night. She saw the note, but then she left and she stayed out of town for the weekend. When Jillian returned home on Monday, she saw that the note was still in the same spot where she left it, but she assumed that Brianna must have stayed the weekend somewhere else also. On Tuesday, March 23rd, After Brianna didn't return home and Jillian hadn't heard from her, she called Kelly. Kelly then began calling a bunch of people to try and find Brianna, but no one had heard from her. That day, she filed a missing persons report with the police. That Thursday, March 25th, Brianna's parents went to the police station to give them recent photos of Brianna. While they were there, a trooper showed them a picture of the car that was left at the abandoned house. Kelly felt her world crumbling in, and she knew something was wrong as she identified that car as the one that Brianna had been driving. The Vermont State Police were the initial investigators on the case. They looked at theories that maybe Brianna wanted to disappear. They searched the area around and in the Dutchburn house, but they didn't find anything that would be helpful. They then began processing her car for any evidence. Additional stuff that was left in the car. Other than the checks was Brianna's ATM card, her glasses, contact lenses, and her migraine medications. It was concluded by investigators that foul play was suspected in the case and that they didn't believe she willingly ran away. One thing that was looked into was the open case that Brianna had as the victim of the fight from the party three weeks prior. Investigators looked into the other girl from that fight. And they were able to rule her out as having anything to do with Brianna's disappearance. A week after Brianna's disappearance, investigators received an anonymous tip that she was alive, and being held captive in a house in Berkshire, Vermont. The house was rented by Raymond Ryan's and Daniel Jackson, two people who were known drug dealers from New York. On April 15, 2004, police raided the house. As they cleared through the house, they found drug paraphernalia. A lot of cocaine and a lot of marijuana but there was no signs of Brianna the two guys were arrested on the drug charges and investigators went back to interview Brianna's friends they learned from her friends that Brianna possibly experimented with drugs specifically crack cocaine and she also knew both Raymond and Nathaniel later on in 2004 investigators received another anonymous tip this one said that Raymond and Nathaniel held Brianna captive for about a week after she was reported missing. They then murdered her. The anonymous writer said that it all started with an argument over money because Brianna let Raymond borrow some money to buy some cocaine. The mystery writer went on to say that Brianna's body had been temporarily stored in the basement of another local woman's home. Then her body was dismembered using a table saw and disposed of on a pig farm. Now, throughout various interviews and investigations, law enforcement officials were never able to confirm anything written in this letter. Brianna's parents also started receiving phone calls from multiple anonymous people. The callers claimed multiple things, such as Brianna was alive and being held tied up in the woods, or that she was dead at the bottom of a lake. Investigators looked into each of these calls. None of them were ever confirmed to be true, and it was believed that they were prank calls. In 2006, someone reported that they may have seen Brianna sitting at a poker table at Caesars World Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey. By this time, most people involved in this case are believing that this is most likely going to turn into a murder investigation. But they have to check out every tip as it comes in. Security footage was checked and the woman did look very similar to Brianna, but she was never positively identified. However, it is believed that the woman is not Brianna. In 2007, the FBI released a flyer where they said that they believed that the scene where the car was found was staged. Brianna's parents came out and publicly said that they believed Brianna was abducted by multiple people. Due to her extensive martial arts background, they believed it would have been very difficult for a single person to take her. In March of 2016, investigators revealed that they recovered DNA samples from Brianna's car. There just hadn't been any matches to anyone yet. Just a few months later in July, the abandoned house where Brianna's car was found was burned down. A lot of people connected Brianna's case to the disappearance of Maura Murray, who went missing just about 90 miles away in New Hampshire, just a month before Brianna went missing. Investigators have said that the two cases are not related. A lot of stuff keeps going back to Raymond and Nathaniel. Initially, they said that They knew who Brianna was just from knowing her around the area, but later interviews, people put them much closer, saying that they had seen Raymond and Brianna in different places together. Now, just a few months after Brianna went missing, on July 24th, 2004, Raymond's girlfriend, Gia, disappeared. She was reported missing by Raymond. On July 31st, her body was found in Green Mountain National Forest and her cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head. Now, this looks very bad for Raymond. Just a few months prior, his house was raided by cops, he was arrested for drugs, listed as a suspect in Brianna's disappearance, and now his girlfriend is murdered. But then another woman named Ellen DeChamar, I'm probably definitely saying that wrong, but she was an associated drug dealer of Raymond's, and she confessed to the murder of Gia. Ellen said that she acted alone in killing Gia with a baseball bat while trying to rob Gia during a drug deal. Raymond was never connected to that murder, but it's all just very weird timing. As of 2021, no arrests have been made in Brianna's case, and she is still missing. There has also been no DNA links to the DNA that was collected in her car. There is a chance that the DNA may not be related to Brianna's disappearance and it could be from someone that she gave a ride or was in her car. That connection is probably going to be the biggest key in that case going forward. This is going to bring us to a conclusion of this episode of Crime Nerds.